Hey, y'all, it's Noxie. Thanks for listening to the Detailed Solutions Podcast. And now, a little bit more about one of our sponsors. Alex, have you heard about the pain assassins on Facebook? No, Noxie, what's that? I'm glad you asked, you wrinkled little booby. Pain Assassins was started by a dude named Jason Bruno to where detailers can find the camaraderie that they're looking for without any of the negative trolling bullshit like other Facebook groups. Not only that, but they can compete with their work weekly, monthly, or yearly to win prizes. Oh, dude, and they make sick merchandise, so you always have fresh gear to wear. Whoa. <sighs> anyway, y'all want to check it out? Again, it's Pain Assassins on Facebook or Instagram. Check it out. to the Detail Solutions Podcast. My name is Alex Russell, and as always, I'm your host. Today, we are live from Marietta, Georgia at Red's Detail Co. with none other than Aaron Knox. What up? He's so enthused to do this. <laughs> it's Sunday. <laughs> it's Sunday. So for some of you guys that know and girls know, some of you don't, um, I came up, spent the weekend with Aaron to do a little one-on-one training. Um, right. He uh, showed me some things. A couple things. Told me some things. So maybe he'll be nice enough to kind of talk some things on the podcast. Yeah. Um, don't call me or text me asking me uh, what I learned because I had to sign an NDA. <laughs> but I cannot... <laughs> Tell you guys any of this stuff. All right, whatever. I was trying to sound cool. Um, yeah, so this is, uh, I think, like my, what, my third time here, fourth time here. I'm just wondering when, how many more times do I got to come to get that free sandwich, that little punch card free sandwich deal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, man. I, uh, has it been that many times you've been here? At least three, maybe four. I don't know. That's I don't, crazy. I lost track. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, usually they're visits, though. Like yeah, yeah, for yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Usually it's just a come up here and pester you on a Friday. and Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. This one's, this one's bizzo. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's bizzo. Yeah. Either way, it's cool. It's always fun. You know, like usually it's kind of hard. We get, we get a, a good amount of people. Just in case anybody that's listening here is like this little tip tap. In the background, that's Ruthie Lee, the miniature bulldog running around. She's very pleased right now yeah. that we're in here. Um, how but, often How often do you guys have detailers either from around the country or around the world? Because I know the, the one guy came from like India one time or something, yeah. right? Like how, yeah, yeah. How often do you guys have detailers that like pop in? Yeah, either pop in or, or call you and say, hey, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we get to... I get a I get a decent amount of messages like people wanting to like to ride through um, and say hey and I try to be like as like in, inviting or welcoming as as uh, possible 
but like we're, you know we're obviously a business so we try right. to kind of keep that first and foremost but um a good bit of messages like people wanting to stop by say hi or just see the facility or like you know whatever um we we get a, a decent amount of people that just kind of like pop in but i think a lot of people realize like oh, i'm just like showing up to their business yeah you know what i'm saying so right. they're a lot more respectful in that regard That's um good. not that messaging is disrespectful but it's just one of those deals it's like you know you set set stuff up but yeah we've had we've had a good bit locals the local detailers around here are really cool um and i love it I, I try to keep it that way like i have a lot of respect for our local guys and um i don't see i don't see them as as a lot of other detailers see like the competition you know so on and so forth like right. i'll help them out like i mean there's a car wash across the street like i gave that dude a 700 extractor like literally just gave it to him you know like help them feed yeah. themselves kind of deal right so. and i mean would you consider and and this might be just me or whatever but with the amount of people that probably message you that they want to come through or things like that is is reds kind of like a detailing mecca (laughs) (laughs) nah man we're just another shop you know um there's a lot of stuff i think that we like we can always be improving on but that's like my perspective on everything right right i I mean you know me yeah i am constantly right you're never satisfied i'm always yeah i'm always looking at things differently and trying to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow but it's uh, it's turned into a new thing that's for damn sure you know um especially from like where we started you right. know when we first started reds man there was like an ongoing bet apparently like in the area that we wouldn't make it like 18 months <laughs> and here we are this actually this month we just celebrated uh the 10th year here nice congrats Thank you. so let's let's kind of jump into that because the last time you came on the podcast you just like kind of took over and like <laughs> you just <laughs> just <laughs> just did your did your thing so like for the people that maybe don't know who you are and i'm sure there's probably a lot of them i mean i mean you're a pretty popular guy but again like you know I whatever should, yeah. so so like kind of give us the like how did red start like how did oh dude that's that a, come about that's a wild story man um so my business partner and i were in this building working for a different owner and it was called a different detail shop it was basically you know what i'm not gonna say the name but and uh <laughs> we were doing the like you know the trenches details, dude, just a quick cleanup shit, for right. like 160 bucks kind of stuff. And, uh, the owner was one of those kind of shady dudes, you know, where he would, uh, basically like sign you up and then take your money and then give you this just like half-assed detail kind of deal. Um, anyway, we worked there for a while, uh, or work here, there, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Um, and then the dude like promoted me to the manager um, because I was constantly again trying to improve stuff and brought the business to like a whole new level. I worked uh, in that position for shit, dude, like three and a half years, I think. You know, All right. and then I come in one day and the dude's like, "It took me eighteen months to save up for this vacation. I finally, in three and a half years, I finally go on a little vacation for a week. I come back. The day I come back, he's sitting outside in the." one of the bays the doors are up you know and he's got another chair sitting next to him and he like 
taps on the chair, like sit next to me kind of deal. Right. And, uh, so I got on, I sit down and he just like basically proceeds to tell me like, long story short, like, I don't have any more money. Like all of you have to go. And there were like seven of us that were working at the time. So it was like zero notice. Like you no longer have a job. Right. See is, you know, yeah. um, and Wu and I were actually roommates at the time. Okay. Uh, we had an apartment and we went back to the apartment and like, I think our rent was due in like two weeks or something like that. And I legitimately have like $167 into my name, man. And it was just like, you know, we're both looking at each other like, what the fuck are we going to do? Um, I was like, we're going to, we're going to do what we got to do, dude. You know, we're going to hustle. And he had a little black Ford Ranger at the time. Uh, so I got this idea that like, we were going to call some of the pre-existing clientele that, you know, I had the personal numbers because I was handling their accounts so on and so forth. And like the dude that owned that company was like really shady. He would like pre-sell them like maintenance packages and then not fulfill. So they still gotcha. had thousands of dollars worth of maintenance product, uh, maintenance package services, like come out to the house, wash the car kind of shit. Right. Right. Um, that they, you know, that were owed. And I, you know, was part of that. And I, and I hated that I was part of that. I hated that I like, you know, assisted in that becoming a thing. And so I called them and I'm like, listen, this is a scenario. Like, this is what happened. And, um, you know, I'm not necessarily asking you for, you know, to give us money, but we want to come out and fulfill what we did. You know, that's the honorable thing to do. Right. And I took a gamble. So we went to Walmart and we bought $167 or whatever it was <laughs> worth of detail stuff, uh, buckets and soap and, you know, wash and wax and, and, you know, brushes and cleaners and, um, a vacuum. And we went to these people's houses and we, we serviced their vehicles and it was, it was wild, dude. And this is just like, you know, <clears throat> a power greater than me, you know, or, or you or any of us, like the first house we go to is just like this doctor. He's a local surgeon and his wife, who's super cool. And they had like three cars and we spent like half the day out there, you know, tightening them up putting a little wax on, them, you know, getting them all together. And like, she, obviously she knew the situation before we got there and she comes out with this, like, you know, super expensive wallet. And she's like, listen, I really, really, really respect what you guys are doing and why you're doing it. And she was like, I think it's bullshit. I think the situation's bullshit. And she was like, I know, and I can tell by the work that you've done today that you guys were the ones that were actually like the backbone. Yeah. You know, I'm going to open my wallet and you can have everything in it except for like $50 so that I can have like gas for the week or whatever. And wow. I'm like, she was like, you know, like after she said that, she was like, it could be zero dollars. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you could owe me 50 bucks. I'm like, shit. <laughs> And she opens it up and there's like, I think it was like five or 600 bucks, man. And she handed it to us. Wow. And I was just like, what? You know, and it, and then it just kind of rolled from there. Is your car detailing website crashing and burning? Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. You're putting the pedal to the metal, but not seeing the leads you want? Bingo. Keep your detailing website out of the danger zone. Yes, sir. 
Detailers Roadmap is the premier web service for detailers. You need to be doing it better and cleaner than the other guy. Now, what is it with you? We build punchy marketing campaigns and cost-efficient websites for detailers designed to get you leads and generate traffic. Custom-built websites start at just $99 a month. I feel the need, the need for speed. And unlike other developers, we only work with one industry, yours. Stay out of the danger zone. And cruise on over to DetailersRoadmap.com and see how we can push your leads into overdrive. Talk to me, Goose. That's DetailersRoadmap.com. Cougar, you hear that? Roger. We started saving money is what we were doing. And right. just stacking bread and then and really just paying our rent and like living, you know. And it was good because we weren't, it was weird. It was like we weren't working as much. We're working harder for sure. Like yeah. mobile dudes have a tough gig, dude. Yeah. Um, but we weren't working as much, like as many days. And um, in that time, I had uh, I tried to buy this business that we had worked for because I'm like, well, if he's going down, he doesn't have the money to pay employees, then he's probably in a position where he wants out, and I can capitalize on the building. Right. Like, I mean, we're talking about at that point, bro. I think we had like ten grand. That was it. <laughs> I'm trying to make this. I'm trying to make this. This way. here goes my bulldog. Hold on. Hey, come on. Come over here. Hang out with Alex. That's right. Um. Yeah, we didn't have any like serious cheese, dude. So I was like trying to like really hustle. Um, and then so I had made these like client logs for this dude for like three, three and a half years. And it was every customer that would come in, I would have their name, the car, the service that they preferred, the date, the time. I mean, everything so that we could keep track of this, right? Yeah. It was it was just like before computers were like miniature and we were able to put them in our pocket. Um, and uh, so I had to stacks of these papers, bro, stacks of these papers. And I come in and I'm like, okay, check this out. You know, like I want to buy the bizzo. I want to do this. Let's get a PL together. <laughs> I'll go to the bank. I'll get a loan and I'll take it over and you'll be relieved of the business, you know, and we'll take over. And he's like, oh yeah, great. Blah, blah, blah. And I came in, I'm like, all right, where are the client logs? And he's like, oh, uh, well, uh, so, uh, so, you know, cue shady shit right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. So on my way out the door, man, I'm, I call the shop number and I hear his cell phone ring and I knew right then and there that he was trying to fuck me. I knew right then and there that that was like, he was trying to basically just take the money and then take the business too. Right. And on the way out, I was talking to this cat that owns the BP gas station and I'm telling him, you know, listen, like we're not going to be around, blah, 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 blah. And then long story short, come to find out that dude didn't actually own the building. Like he told everybody he was renting it. And that he was behind on rent and that he was about to be out. And I'm like, listen, you know, how much is rent? And it turned out it was, you know, X amount of dollars that we had first and last months. And I'm like, I, listen, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 28, 29 years old, you know, I'm coming young. I'm like, look, it's me and it's woo. And, and this is the situation and this is what we want to do. And like, you know, just give us a chance, just give us a chance, you know? And I, he's like, looking at me like I'm crazy. Right. I mean, if you had a 28, 29 year old yeah, trying to rent a $2 million building, like you're just like, get out of here. Kid. Yeah. If you have zero business experience. You're not a business, you know? Right. And he said all of that to me and he's like, you know, what's going to, um, what's going to separate you from the 50 other car washes or detail shops down the street. And I was, you know, 
I didn't really know what to say at first, man. And it was because <laughs> I'm a true fat kid. McDonald's popped into my head. <laughs> and I was like, sitting there thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? I was like, we're going to bring back the days we got where you got what you paid for. And his ears perked up. And I was like, you can't even go through a drive through without being pushed into a numeric sequence nowadays. And I was like, and that is what's going to differentiate us from the car washes down the street. You're not a package one. You're not a package two. You're not a package three. You're an individual. Right. You want to cater to your individual needs. And he loved it. And he was like, okay, I'll give you a shot. And we literally, like quite literally had just enough money to open the doors to this place. Um, like all of the shit that you see in the lobby right now, like I painted those walls. I hung those pictures, you know, like yeah. patched everything up. We put the floors in like, this is all sweat equity in this room. Right. Um, Cause we didn't have it and we had to build it over time. You know, like every single thing here at Reds was built with our own two fucking hands. And it was crazy because like the first month, dude, like we would just sit out there on buckets and just like twiddle our thumbs and pray for a, th you know, a $30 car wash or something right, like right, that. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, we've all been there. No, oh, 100%, <laughs> man. And um, it was funny because when I was leaving that day, when I called the shop and I heard the dude's cell phone ring, you know, I told him, I was like, there's mark my words, there's going to be a day where you're out on those streets instead of us and we're here in this building. And come to find out, he went out and started doing mobile detailing and we had the building. Nice. So now we have the building and, and I think it was like month four or five, uh, I got a break and somebody came in. He had a, uh, a friend who owned a collection of antique Ferraris. And the guy had been in talks and then inevitably got selected for the Hilton Head Concord Yellow Guns. Um, and we did like a kind of like a meet and greet and an interview. And then he's like, all right, well, this is the date of the show and this is what we're going to do. You know, and he's like, I, you know, how long do you need? And I'm like, dude, I need like a week, a week and a half. Like I'm scared shitless, right? Yeah. Have um, you ever done that level of detail at that point? Not at that level. Okay. I had done some pretty extensive stuff, but not, you know, at the time that was a, huh, you gotta think this is over 10 years ago, dude. This, yeah. At the time that was a $355,000 Ferrari. Yeah. And the asshole drove it up here. Like, I loved that. I thought it was hilarious. Like, I'm like, dude, what? And he's like, you know, it's a car. You're supposed to drive it. You know, and I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. So anyway, he drops it off. Um, and I'm on it, under it, in it, every little nook and cranny, you know, doing everything we can and it, it goes off and he, um, he takes second place overall. Nice. He ended up winning like, I think three awards collectively or four. He actually gave us one of them. And, uh, six months later it got posted in the, um, in a magazine and it was, it's like that, everything after that's a blur. Literally. It was oh. just like, that was that pivoting moment you know um, right that that was your that was your one that everybody everybody thinks of right everybody's like oh if i get that one that one yeah, collector like a, that one Ferrari yeah. guy you know whatever yeah. and 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 yours was different because because like you said like it it like shot you in the stratosphere but like i always look at you know when people post those you know on, on the groups or whatever like oh man if i could just get that one ferrari guy with a group you know with a collection or whatever mm. but like in my experience with my Ferrari clients and, and, and I have one that has, you know, mad collection of cars. Like 
it's not that important to him to have somebody out there wiping him down on a no. weekly basis or a monthly basis or yeah. whatever. I mean, he brings me a car like once every couple of years or something like that. Exactly. No, exactly. Like, dude, that dude was definitely not like a, he was a good client, but he wasn't like a good client. In that right, sense. right. Like he didn't come see us every month or whatever the case may be. Like yeah. we didn't make a lot of money on him. It was more of like a, you just lucked out with what his car did and exactly. the publication. Exactly. Yeah. People seeing it, knowing him through the network and then like being like, well, what else do they do? You know? Right. Right. And then it was like, I think the first three or four years, dude. Um, I mean, dude, you want to talk about grinding it out, bro. We would be here at like 5.45 a.m. And there'd be nights where we wouldn't leave to like 10, 45, 11. Wow. You know, and we're working and working and working. And it was wild because I'm always like looking for systems. Hey there, podcasters. What if I told you that there was a product out there that would knock out multiple detailing products? Not only is it the ultimate time and money saver, but produces amazing results and is versatile on almost every substrate. It can also be used in your home or commercial businesses. Gen KO is an all-around multi-cleaner capable of removing light to moderate water spots, grease, and grime. It's safe on surfaces including windows, door jams, paint, mat, PPF and vinyl, rubber moldings, plastic trim, and ceramic coated surfaces. My name is Jennifer Turcott, and after 22 years in the detailing industry, I'm so proud to have a product that is helping my fellow detailers around the world and others. I've tested Gen KO for more than two years before the final ready-to-use product was produced. I'm beyond happy when people reach out and tell me how much the Gen KO helped them, and it can help you too. To get your own, you can contact me directly or go to www.igocodingsusa.com, contact your local IGL distributor or installer, and pick your bottle up today. And don't forget to share your experience on social media using the hashtag GenKOMix things to be more efficient, things to, you know, fall into place and, and be sustainable, that kind of stuff. And so we're working on these package deals, dude. And like the services that we offer, not necessarily like packages, but like services. And right. um, it was just crazy because it was like, just, I mean, people calling and people calling and people calling. And people, like we couldn't, that's why we we're staying so late. We couldn't keep up with the demands. So we started hiring people. You know, we're doing interior details. We're doing clay and seals and washer waxes and all the shit that just breaks your back. Yeah. Um, and then we started really kind of honing in on like the polishing of the cars. And then that's when it really got crazy. That's when like, you know, ceramic coatings, we started becoming a little bit more known in the Western hemisphere and technology started taking a shift and, you know, the, the quick shine buffing, buffing clean, turned in from a you know $150 service to a $400 service you know and that's what you know back in the day you were doing big shit if you were getting 400 yeah. bucks you know um <laughs> she loves this little area between you and yeah I. um and then it like it just started growing from that point man but yeah it's weird it, it was like a it's just a weird thing like how that conquer right after that conqueror man you just like everything started to become a little bit more high dollar um the cars were cool and I, I never have been you know in the beginning i was dude in the beginning i was like oh my god it's a you know yeah blah 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 car oh, right right starshuck or struck right yeah but now it's I mean, pain is pain 
metal right. is metal. Right. You know? We don't give a shit. We're trying to keep the lights on. And yeah. um, it's just weird how it's changed. But that's that's essentially the story of Reds, dude. Like we, it's one of those weird little Cinderella stories. You know, right. our clients, some of our clients know it because they've been with us for that long. And they like, it's so funny. I've never seen technical strangers be your biggest fan. Right. You know, and it's weird. It's like to touch their heart, you know? Yeah. But, so how long have you and Wu known each other? I mean, you said oh, you were, dude. you said you were roommates or whatever. I mean, it's like 15 years, easy. Okay. 15, 20 years. I'm like that in the realm of. And then, I know I'm a bad friend for not knowing that exactly, but <laughs> I don't remember shit. So, <laughs> um, and how did the how did the name Reds come about? Is that is that because of Georgia, or is that because you're ginger? <laughs> so yeah, <clears throat> that's a that's a really good question. Um, a lot of people don't know this, you know. Um, I think I'm finally made it public like about two years ago on my Facebook page and everybody always thought because I'm a ginger, obviously that Reds was named after me and I can promise you that I'm not that narcissistic. Yeah. Um, I originally thought it was because of Georgia red. Right. Yeah. Right, you know, yeah, before yeah. I ever thought about like, Oh yeah, he's, he's, he's a redhead. Maybe. Yeah. It's, yeah. Nah. Um, so my mom, had red hair. She's the one that gave me oh, okay. red hair. And uh, it uh, it was one of those things where, you know, when I first, when we started Reds, I had this like, you know how it is, bro. You like, you first thing you go to, when you start this like huge business, you get into a shitload of debt. And the only thing you want to do is make business cards and fucking t shirts, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's your thing. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, so cool. That's like what you spend your time on. Right. And um, so I envisioned this like, this dude with like aviator hat on and aviator glasses and like making our business cards look like tickets to a carnival. And like, it was just this aesthetic I had was like obsessed with it. Right. And uh, the dust settles. And I was like, cause I wanted to call it like red barons or something like that at oh, first. Okay. And then I was like, no, nah, I'm going to cut that off. I'm going to call it reds. And I'm going to name it after my mom, you know? Oh, nice. And uh, I never told her that. And I regret it because she passed away two years ago and oh, she wow. never knew that. But yeah, that's, that's reds. That's why, you know, we need your reds just for her. That's cool. So when did Aaron Knox become Aaron Knox? <laughs> I have no fucking idea. I don't even how know did, Aaron Knox did, is Aaron Knox. How did Aaron Knox become Aaron Knox? <laughs> Bro, I don't know. I don't even know Aaron like, Knox. Like, was there, so. was there like a... Who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. Was there, was there like a point when, when all of a sudden you went from like, just this detailer in Marietta, Georgia to like all of a sudden, boom, the world is calling you, asking you things or wanting your help or. That's such a bizarre sequence of events, man. It, you know, I think it was right around the time we started uh, KXK. Okay. So it was about like five, maybe six years ago. And, um, I don't know. I've never been the kind of person that's like, I'm fucking so good or I'm the best or I'm even good at all. Like if anything, it's the exact opposite. Like I've got a long way to go. Right. And, um, so I met Andy Ward through a coding company that we were both affiliated with. And I made this post one day in the group. It was the first post I ever made where I was doing a substitution for sandpaper. 
with uh, Scholl's SO, which okay. is liquid sandpaper. Yeah, yeah. And I was basically cutting out two steps and getting a better finish faster. And I made this long, like super like obsessed garage style post where it was just like reading a short novel, you know what I'm saying? Pictures included and like right, every right, single right. step and oh yeah, and like it caught Andy's eye. So we like we went to um this event every year they have everybody let's go little get together or whatever and he was there and like he called my name out like as i'm walking up and this this creep he's such a weirdo dude he was like in the shadows smoking a cig like nobody would have known this dude's there it's so creepy he's like aaron Knox, you know because he's got that, that voice or whatever yeah. and uh i walk over there and, and like you know he introduces himself and but you know i knew who he was because he's it's proficient x like at that time andy held the two largest Ferrari accounts in the fucking North American continent. So, wow. you know, you want to talk about like law Ferraris, you see detailers like bragging about that. Like I just did a law Ferrari and it's like, Andy's on number 16. Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it ain't shit to him anymore. Yeah. Um, so I was blown away by that. And that was back still. I was like, Oh my God, dude, you know, you, you deal with some seriously high dollar car. He's like, yeah, paint's paint. You know? Yeah. But right around that time, dude. And then, um, you know, we got linked up with Kilmer and we started KXK and then KXK, dude, when we started that, that was, I think that's about when it started up. It was just like an explosion. I think our first and our second year of KXK, we showed like a thousand percent growth. Wow. Um, Did you guys expect that or was it just hell like? Hell no, dude. We're, we are three detailers. We're like, we're literally, well, Kilmer's obviously Kilmer, but. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, Kilmer, he's still Kilmer. Like, he'll tell you, like, I ain't shit. Like, I'm just a man. You know, I'm right, just a right. dude. But it's like, we, we, we're, we're three. We still work on cars. We're still working on cars. Like, we're still just like every other fucking detailer out there looking for a paycheck. And we just decided to start a company that gave the industry, you know, tools or ideas that weren't necessarily there. Um, you know, it's weird. I, I created the world's first multi-polisher rack. What? So you mean to tell me in however many years, about 50 plus years that people were buffing cars, they never thought about making a rack to hang on their wall yeah. and hang multiple <laughs> polishers on it? Like, yeah. it's just crazy, you know? Um, I mean, that kind of stuff, you know? And then Kilmer was making blocks at the time. And then we were like, you know, let's make some sanding blocks. And so now we, we, we make the world's smallest production sanding blocks, you know? Um, I mean, all sorts of stuff, but like right around that time is when I think we started getting like the traction and I guess my name was just heard or seen more. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so like, are you, how do you divide your time between like Reds and KXK as far as like trying to say like, okay, you know, like, okay, so we need to do this with Reds, but at the same time, like. I've got this idea for KXK and like, right. how do I utilize that? And so there's a lot of like after hours or like very, very early mornings. Right. And that's if like anybody really knows me, like they know that I'm literally up before anybody like I'll dude, I wake up when people on the West coast go to sleep. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I see both ends of, of the spectrum. Right. Um, and that's when I do a lot of that. Like usually and I've always been like this, but like, if I have an idea for a product, I'm building it in my head. And then like, when I go to sleep, I'm building it in my dreams. Right. So I'll wake up with 
anywhere from five to 15 ideas or things that I need to do, or I'm thinking of like with some sort of song playing in my head, Yeah, you know, and I have to go and basically like write stuff down and then I prioritize it. But like reds is number one, you know, reds is where we eat. Um, reds is, is the priority. And then, you know, KXK just kind of falls in the, in the line there after right. that, but it's not a whole, a whole bunch. Like, thank God we have a, a an amazing distribution network all around the world. I think we're up to like 44 distributors across the world. Wow. Um, and all of our distributors work very, very hard and they're very, very like, they're just awesome to deal with. Um, and they do a lot of the legwork. We put together like the marketing and, you know, obviously designing and fabricating the products. Um, but it's, it's interesting because like once you have it, you know, drawn out and you have the concept there and, and built, it kind of takes its shape on its own, you know, Right. once you get the fabrication involved and stuff, and then you goes into testing. And then once testing is done, you go, it goes into marketing and now you're, you've right. got a live product, which is a very, very fucking crazy experience, bro. Like when you, the PR two, I drew out on a napkin while we were eating chips and salsa at a Mexican restaurant. And Andy's <laughs> like, that's it. And he, he folds it up and puts it into his wallet. And, you know, six months later, this thing is real and it's sitting in front of me and it's in my hand and I mounted it to a wall and it's doing exactly what, you know, I planned it would do. And right. like, that is a fucking mind blowing experience. Like if anybody ever is blessed enough to go through that, like <laughs> it's crazy. To this day, it still blows my mind. But Right. Anyway. And so let's talk about the imitators. How do, does how do you feel about that? I mean, does that even bother you or dude? I'm not gonna lie, man. I'll keep it 100. Like <laughs> at first, it absolutely ate my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, it was such an offense and just a, a gut shot, you know. Um, and it came from some pretty like the very detailers. You want the wow, right? When that customer comes outside. They're looking at the car and they go, wow, what did you use on my ride? It looks amazing. <laughs> you want that, but it's so hard to fight through all the marketing crap in the market today. you got companies that are hitting cars or lighting them on fire. Others come out with sprays and they go, ooh, look, it fizzles. <laughs> so listen to what Alex says and therefore go check out HyperClean. The hot new snow foam that HyperClean has we have put out the highest lubricity soap on the market so that it will create less marring for you and more opportunities for wow. Follow it up with HyperClean Slick, which is the perfect silica spray creating a streak-free wow. All right, now go save 15% with the code DETAIL15. Do it today and get more wows with hyperclean it uh it came from a pretty large company and like i think that you know at first i was like i was pretty pissed off but kilmer had to kind of talk me down <laughs> off the ledge dude <laughs> i was done um but once it's just like anything else dude and you become more seasoned and experienced like with whatever it is you're doing like you don't necessarily feel threatened and i think that i found my piece in that when i realized like yeah they can take your idea after you do it right you know um 
but they'll never be able to take your ideas. Right. And everybody's like real quick to be like, oh, you should have a patent on it. You should patent this and patent that. And, pat-. and bro, they throw patents out like, like people are handing out sticks of gum. And I, I'm here to tell you now that uh, patents to be executed somewhat substantially, you're looking at no less than 10 to 12 grand. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask if you thought about patenting. And oh, absolutely. Yeah, we have yeah. we have working patents. We have an actual uh, patent firm with multiple different patent attorneys involved and it's expensive as shit. Like we're talking about $300 phone calls. Wow. Like it's ridiculous. So anybody that's like, Oh yeah, just patent it. Like, Oh yeah, just put a sticker on it. Like, no, it don't work like that, buddy. It's like two years at least invested. It's at least 10 grand and they can get up there. Like it's the name of the game in patenting is just money. Yeah. It's just money. And what's crazy. And you see this now is that, You'll have a company that'll spend $100,000 on a patent to secure this this device or this unit that they have made. And then another company that's not in the United States of America can replicate it. And they're not building it in America. They're not violating the patent. So all they need to do is find a distributor for it. And now they can import it in. The distributor is no longer held liable because they're not making it. The manufacturer is not held liable because they're not in the United States of America. It's just being sold. Gotcha. That's where companies get fucked. Right. So that's kind of where I was just like, uh, dude, it's a, it's, you just don't have a win, man. So it's right. just better to find a place in your mind where you're like, oh, okay, that's cool and all. Cool. Well, I'll go this other direction and I'll create this thing. And then, you know, they're like, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and with KXK, I mean, is there, I mean, like you guys don't have to, and I don't know, I could be wrong, but you guys don't have to put a whole lot of like product development or whatever. Cause I mean, once you guys came up with the blocks, the blocks of the blocks, they make themselves. So you blocks guys still, sell themselves for sure. Right. But you guys aren't we like, like a lot of these stuff. other companies where, you know, like every year they're working on, you know, cause again, everybody says this industry is like, you know, every six months, something's new, right? but you guys aren't having to come up with like a new product every year to push out because your product line maybe doesn't fall into that. No, man. What, what, so basically what happens is we're, most companies are doing really good if they come out with like two products in a year, right? You're doing exceptional. Um, so it seems like they're coming out with new stuff, but it might just be like a refresh on something that already existed, right. uh, you know, a logo change, that kind of shit. So it seems new, but it's not actually a new product. Um, I will come up with, I don't know, 15 different products, have them all sketched up, have them being, you know, float around in CAD and all this other stuff, uh, or in manufacturer's hands, like for you know, future development or discussion and we'll just prioritize it, you know? Um, and it's about having like operating capital too. So the research and development is absolutely there, but it's like a juggling process. And like a lot of the times like Andy and Kilmer will have to like slow me down. Right. And that's just because of like, you know, obviously costs and timing. (laughs) So, uh, but if I had it my filthy way, dude, we'd be dropping like 10, 10, 10 a year. Um, but then, you know, it's kind of overwhelming where you're like, well, fuck, what do I buy? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So, and then the newest thing you guys came out with was what the SK one kit, the sandpaper line. Yeah. Yeah. Sandpaper line. Well, I mean, we make stained blocks, so 
one and a half paper. Right. And that was uh, a year and a half of my life dedicated uh-huh. to that. And sandpaper is, it's kind of like, you know, for people that listen and don't know much about behind the scenes when it comes to like the stuff that we use on a daily basis, like compounds, like I can tell you now, and like some of the guys that are, um, you know, in the, in the industry that are, are responsible for creating liquids or a brand that creates liquids or sells liquids, like that is a rabbit hole. You know, you were, when we see a compound, like we take that for granted, like we're just like, oh yeah, it's a new compound. Oh, it's probably like this and this and this. Like, dude, to be able to go through an abrasive set or a micro, you know, a, a diminishing abrasive set or, you know, I mean, all these different abrasives, like you have hundreds, if not thousands of variations of that one component that's going into a bottle with other components that have hundreds of thousands of variants and you need to somehow make it all work together, play nice and get great results. And sandpaper is a lot like that, you know? Um, so yeah, but yeah, we, we created, or we have our own, uh, sandpaper line. We have 1500, 2000 and 3000 grit. And then soon we were going to be releasing uh, sheet paper. Oh, so they're no longer in your well, they'll still stay in two inch discs, but now you'll have the option of buying a six by four inch sheet nice. to wrap larger blocks around as well. And will you run a like a full grit line or whatever with that, or will you still say, Yeah, 15? I mean, I like to feel out the industry, you know, like the detail industry never gets really too crazy. Um, I'd like to bump up like to maybe like 1500 or uh, excuse me, a thousand and maybe 1200. I've had a bunch of people reaching out about 800 for uh, the marine line. Okay. You know, and then the other direction, you know, you're going into finishing where there's a lot of guys that prefer like 5,000, 8,000. So I've actually already started with, I think 5,000, maybe 8,000. And there's 26 or 27 variants. Oh, wow. That one grit. Wow. <laughs> so are you, are you guys more popular in the detailing industry or the automotive or the, like the body shop industry with the KXK stuff? Honestly, I think it's the detail industry right now. I mean, we're, we're definitely known in the body shop industry, but like we're definitely, it's not anywhere near its full potential. The body shop industry dwarfs the detail industry. Right. We've just barely scratched the surface with that. So. Is that maybe just because it's so old school and those guys are used to their Oh, hundred percent. Well, that and marketing, I mean, yeah. I'll own my part, you know, you gotta, you gotta get that reach, baby. Well, I just didn't know with, you know, Kelmer being who Kelmer is. I mean, I know Kelmer's pretty popular in the detailing industry, but when we had him on, you know, he's admitted he's, you know, a little bit bigger in the body shop world. So I didn't know if maybe that. Yeah. Kilmer, Kilmer's uh dude, that dude can go anywhere, bro. Yeah. You know, um, the sandpaper stuff, you know, his blocks, he makes custom blocks too. I think those are real, real popular in the um, the body shop world. Gotcha. You know, but yeah, we haven't really marketed that much into the body shop realm as of as of yet. So we need to get get our asses and go in gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can push that even more. Um, all right. So like for me, I was up here doing training as we mentioned earlier. Yeah, dude. Let's talk about your training, bro. How'd you? How are you feeling about that? Well, I feel excellent. Money well well spent. If anybody 
listening ever has a chance to go anywhere where this man is a part of or doing a training, do yourself a favor and do it. Yeah, you're too much, bro. That's too um, kind of you, I think. Well, no, but I mean, like, so I mean, like, you literally took a fear that I had or a mental block that I had from an incident of sanding a car before that that hurt me but didn't hurt me as much because thankfully it was with the used car dealership that I used to have as a client and the guy didn't care about the burn that I had because I turned his $1,800 shit box BMW into something that he could sell for like four grand or 3,500 or something. So he didn't care. Like it was so much better, but that put that, that mental block and that fear and you, we went and got that panel and you literally hammered down on it and showed me what the limitations were. And even when we purposely burned through just to show how much it really takes to do that, like, like the fear was gone. It's gone now. I, I don't, I don't, I'm still probably be a little ginger about it, but when I try things, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm not going to be like, I don't even want to attempt it now. Um, so no, I mean, you, you know, you, you definitely helped me with that. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was an amazing training all the way around. I mean, and the fact that you and I are friends kind of helps because there's that comfortability factor as well. Like I know, like if I was in a training somewhere, I wouldn't, I, I, I don't know that I would have learned it as much, but because we have some relation, you know, friendship, um, I was more at, e more at ease with it. And I think you also helped with that too, the first day by like us just pounding around in the beginning, kind of taking that anxiety or that excitedness that I had and I had expressed to you that, Hey man, I'm excited to come here. Like, you know, um, and I, and, and again, a little anxious, you know, not really being able to sleep the night before, you know, early flight getting here and everything. <laughs> so just spending those couple of hours of like me, you and Wu, just kind of like dicking around or whatever, like definitely ease the nerves too. So I think, I think you did pretty good with that. Um, and I know we've talked about this, but I mean, is this something that you want to do more regularly? I mean, do you want to try to do training classes here? Would you rather do more one-on-ones with people? Is that something you even want to discuss on the podcast? That's a lot. Um, so we'll start at the beginning, like the taking your fear away thing. Cause that's a, something that I think that, uh, a lot of people in this industry have, they may not necessarily want to talk about that openly or online, which is fine, dude. You know, I mean, everybody's, everybody's got fear. Yeah. Um, I think that like, in like what we've been talking about here too, dude, it's like, whether it's from a poor experience because of lack of knowledge or something that you might've heard or seen online coming from somebody that, you know, is, is, trying to do the right thing about promoting education, but doing it in a sense that like, this is evil, this is bad. Right. You know, that's the way it comes out and they don't realize it. Um, it's almost a scare tactic in a way. Yeah, it inadvertently becomes that, you know what I'm saying? And then like you pair that with a, a really, a really bad experience that you might've had. And the next thing you know, like you don't want anything to do with that shit. Um, and I think that 
that was that was absolutely number one with a bullet dude is to get you out of that like that shake that yeah. that shaky feel like you you're never going to it doesn't matter if you were sanding it doesn't matter if you're using a rotary it doesn't matter if you're using a da it doesn't matter if you were you know hand waxing a car if you're shook you're not performing at your potential or your full potential and um shit, it doesn't even have to be about detailing bro it could be anything right right and i think that um that's a huge thing to to overcome however you can and then like when you're teaching somebody it needs to be in an environment where they can they can learn but they can also conquer that fear and i think when we when we were sanding i actually got to watch it i got to watch you kind of like <clears throat> build confidence and it was really cool i think you know putting a thousand grit into your your hand and and having you hammer a, an oem panel until you popped through gave you a better perspective because it's in this industry you're you i think a lot of us have heard that like you know clear coats only as thick as like a cellophane on a cigarette pack and it's like okay well that's true but what if i had you know that same thickness in metal what if i had that same thickness in wood what if I had that? You see what I'm saying? So it's yeah. not necessarily about the thickness as much as it is the composition. And once you understand the composition and what you're doing to address that, you get a better perspective on what you're working with, right? Um, well, another really cool thing is for you to see the potential of your machine before sanding. Yeah. And that was another huge thing that killed your fear because we, you know, I mean, it was like six or seven different times I showed you yeah. back to back to back to back to back with a, a mill gauge that you're reducing more clear coat trying to hammer this thing with a rotary and a, and a DA over and over and over again than you were to just stop in the beginning, assess the scratch properly, take a little bit of sandpaper and some skill, and then buff it out. And you got better results with the latter. Yeah. And the biggest, the biggest shocker is if anybody saw some of the videos I posted on Facebook was we hammered that panel with, or well, you hammered that panel with 600 grit and then took it out straight without refining it down any. And we still took the exact same of microns off of the paint as, or you did, as I did with a DA, a microfiber pad, and a heavy cut. Yeah, less. So, so yeah, so you with 600 grit and then straight to compounding it out did equal or less damage than I did with something that everybody's using every day. Yeah. That's the, I think that's, it's important to understand, you know, what we're doing. Um, and it doesn't need to be like, it's so weird when detailers are like, Oh, what's the scientific, you know, analogy? they want to know a molecular breakdown right. of what you're using and why. And they put that before, why you're doing it you know um it's and it goes with like it goes with all of this other shit that we hear in the industry like oh well, you're not a real detailer if you're not using a rotary well you know i'm gonna respectfully disagree with that you're not a real detailer unless you know when to use a rotary right or when to use sandpaper and then we're gonna follow that up with how so those are more important than any of this other stuff. And then when you have the proof in the pudding, that's why it was like, 
what did I tell you about like scientific theory? It's like an idea and you might yeah. be able to prove it once or twice. It's still a theory, but if you can prove it consecutively over and over and over and over again, it becomes scientific fact. Exactly. And that's why six or seven times in a row, we got to do this in multiple different scenarios so that you got to see how this actually works. Right. Um, and that killed that fear, bro. Yeah. Like you got to, you got to like, to truly excel. I think that right there, cause everything I can teach you, is temporary unless you go back to the house and you start to implement it, right? You know, that's when it becomes long-term, but like what is permanent is your confidence. Yeah. And that's where you have the willingness to try it again. Um, so that was first and foremost. As far as the the training deal, I'm, I'm super particular about the training thing. I, I love the Gloss University. Um, I love what they do. I think that that's such a culmination of education. There's so many different variables that are involved in that that you know it's absolutely worth the money and the trip um to get that experience so i love being a part of that it's also a training that is not super like i say heavily brand oriented but they're like it's sponsored by rupus you know so we have rupus machines there you're welcome to bring any machine you want there's i mean literally every kind of machine you can think of at that training even the little Japanese drilly thing, which I used and totally fucked up a panel. <laughs> that thing is hardcore, <laughs> bro. Um, but it's, um, you know, that's a great thing. And what I mean by like not brand oriented is like the brand's not dictating what the education is at that point. The education right. is for the technician and then the brand is a selection of the technician. And that's the way that we feel like it should be. Like we're not defined by the companies that make these products. We define them. Um, and that's very important. I think, I think that education first and the technicians understanding of what we're doing and why should come first. And then the selection of products to use while we're doing it is second. So I love the, the gloss you, um, as far as reds, you know, <clears throat> I'm even more particular, um, obviously because it's home and you just heard the story on how much we went through to be able to make it home. Yeah. So, I don't necessarily think that like a big training is something that I'm, I'm really feeling, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility, but, uh, I would rather do a smaller class. You know, I love the one-on-one -on -one deals, um, because it allows me to really hone in on like who you are, what you need, what you want, and make sure that the experience is absolutely like it fits like a glove dude you yeah, know what i'm saying like right. we went through everything that you were struggling with and yeah. it's not even just like technique it's about like how are how am i going to take this home and implement it in my business and be profitable right you learned how to, to how to spot sand and take out you know this little rid and then you learned hey look this guy's already coming in for a 1600 service i can call him and tell him there's four or five scratches in the car that need sanding and that I feel confident that I can achieve that task and charge them 75 per scratch. You're exactly. killing it, yeah. you know, um, and you're, you're not really spending more time than what you would be trying to correct it out. Exactly. So that's a really cool thing. I love being able to like give an experience to somebody that will indefinitely, they can take home and, and, and immediately benefit from, you know, like I want you to make an extra 30 to 60 K next year, you know, I want to see you be able to take that vacation and spend more time living life, you know, and that's right. the purpose of this shit. Yeah. 
So. Take, take a vacation and go somewhere other than Atlanta and come see you. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, to answer your question, I thought about the training thing. I think that that's, you know, that's something that I'm going to be very particular and very selective about, you know, I'm not going to do the, well, this is how you wash a car. You know, I don't, I have zero interest in that and not to sound like a total fucking, you know, knob about it, but it's, I don't know, you know, like you just want to, you want to do what you want to do. You know, mm. you want to be in a certain place and you want to be able to give people certain things. Listen, if I pay, if I'm paying to go to a training, I'm not paying to learn how to wash a car, and that's why. Yeah, you, that's why you washed the car yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and I bro. sat back. And uh, I know. I'm like, have a seat. Eat a donut. There you go. Let me take care I of this. I'm not washing a car. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, Hawk, I guess I need to get ready to head to the airport. Um. Listen, as always, you know, thanks for doing this for me. The training. Thanks for doing the podcast for me. Thanks for always helping me. I really appreciate it. Oh, dude, anytime, bro. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, so I didn't really say it at the beginning because I always forget this shit. So please like, uh, subscribe, share the podcast. Um, hopefully you guys last week enjoyed the part two of the UK-US. Um, please go check out the guys at Speed 6 Podcasting. Give them some love. And then also, if you plan on coming to MTE in Orlando, January 27th through the 29th, um, and you want to save a little bit of money, go to mobiletechexpo.com to buy your tickets and use the code DSP15. That's D for detail, S for solutions, P for podcast, 15. You'll save 15% off of your tickets, um, whether that's for the education day or for just the expo days. And if you do come to MT Orlando, uh, please try to find me. Um, let's take a picture. Um, I'm going to walk around with my phone and try to capture some audio to maybe put together um, an, a, like an MTE type episode or whatever. Like I plan to do with SEMA before SEMA kind of fell apart. So that is it. I'm going to get out of here, get out of Aaron's hair. <laughs> and uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Later, y'all.